Welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. I'm Todd Norwood here, joined with my co-host Jason Hammond and a special guest again, pro enduro rider Paul Sarah. I'm uh, just going to start off this episode with a hot take from Jason. All right, well, it's not quite a hot take, but um, it's a short article I read. Uh, I don't know if you saw this one about, um, it's about mouthwash after exercise. Um, so... And not, not the Listerine variety, or indeed the Listerine well, variety. Well, so clearly I haven't I, seen this. I believe it's alcohol-based. Okay. Yeah. So, it, were you testing me? Is that, is that what that was? So, um, alcohol-based mouthwash actually prevents blood pressure reduction after exercise, uh, was the synopsis of the study. But the basic idea is um, when you work out, you... Have the, you create something, you know, I okay, fine, I don't remember all the technical details, but you create um, a molecule that the bacteria in your mouth uses to create a different molecule, and that that molecule that the bacteria creates um, is absorbed into your bloodstream and reduces your blood pressure. So the idea is people who exercise to lower their blood pressure because their doctor said it's good for them, they, if they use mouthwash after working out, like say, you know, oh, I want to shower, brush my teeth, mouthwash after my workout. Um, they actually don't get that blood pressure lowering effect that they would um, if they hadn't used mouthwash. And the whole point of this is the microbiome is really important. And uh, this is something that I'm personally just excited about. But, you know, your gut microbiome is a big indicator of, you know, your ability to, you know, put on weight or reduce weight or your hunger cravings and, um, that's fueled a lot by the things you put in your body. And also, you know, this study shows that the bacteria in your mouth is also really important. So, um, you know, try to avoid alcohol-based mouthwashes because they'll um, disrupt the uh, microbiome in your mouth. And, you know, what another area of this, I don't know if you have any insight into this, Todd, but um, people who have bad breath, they think that using mouthwash is good, but actually they're clearing out the good bacteria that doesn't cause bad breath. And the bad bacteria that does cause bad breath is proliferating in the absence of the good bacteria. So actually you're perpetuating the problem by using something like an alcohol-based mouthwash. So um, just be conscious of sort of what you're doing and you know keep your little microbiome happy. Wow, so that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to extrapolate and say that post-ride beer or alcoholic beverage is a bad thing. Um, but it, it also sounds like that could be a, a potential conclusion here. I don't know the relative concentration of, uh, you know, alcohol and alcohol-based mouthwash. But if you were exercising to try to reduce your blood pressure, maybe you need to skip on that beer with your pals after the bike ride. <laughs> uh, just, a, just a thought to, to, to extend, I'm sure, beyond what the researchers were trying to understand. So I think um, unless you're using, like, uh, right, like 151 to... Uh, for your for your after after right alcohol, I don't think you'd be worried about the microbiome specifically. But I don't think a beer after your ride would align with your doctor's orders to reduce your blood pressure either. Uh, you know, they say there are you know heart healthy benefits to alcohol. So, but we we're not going to go down this okay this, this yeah. path. So anyway, our topic for the day is is not actually um, alcohol and microbiome. It's actually the off season. So. Uh, we, we may be dating this podcast by saying that the off-season is coming up for a lot of road riders, a lot of summer athletes, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to take an off-season, should you take an off-season, and um, what does it look like for um, different types of riders. So Paul's with us here. He's going to talk about what the off-season means to him, 
and I'll, I'll talk about my experiences and I'm sure Todd has a bunch as well having taken uh, what 25 off seasons now at this no, point only 19 to this point 19 off seasons so that's probably not entirely true may have skipped some at some point in there <laughs> right so um what is an off season um to me an off season is uh, basically at the end of September I will take a month off because there's no more road racing and there's no reason to be fit because your next race isn't for six months and um, what do you do uh, you you know you do whatever you want and you know during the season every day you train every day you know you eat properly uh, you sleep properly um, in the month of October you go and do what you want to do at least for a couple weeks and then uh, after that, maybe you start to curtail it back to your um, prim and proper uh, lifestyle of, of doing everything right. And it's a good opportunity to uh, catch up on the things that, you know, go, go on vacation because you weren't able to go on vacation because you, you were trying to maintain your fitness. It's a good opportunity to go eat that uh, cheeseburger you were craving or that, um, you know, whatever. If you're in college, it's a good opportunity to go uh, do those uh, classic college things that uh, you probably shouldn't have done during the... Uh, study for midterms? Yeah, studying. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking of. And um, yeah, so, so that's the first couple weeks uh, for me. And then, you know, probably the last week back is when you start to do um, maybe a little bit of riding, like an hour uh ride and you know you're gonna feel awful you're gonna feel super out of shape but that's always being out of shape is the first step to being in shape damn it's very philosophical i know yeah that's a good way to end it <laughs> well okay the we're introduction yeah i know <laughs> we're done that's it that's it cool thanks guys I, I'm not on it. Yeah. no i mean i think you know for me it's about doing something fun i think that's part of it and doing something different really for me um definitely think that break uh the mental break too from training Right, training's exhausting. Racing's hard. It's it's taxing not just physically but also mentally. So I think taking some time, step back, you know, maybe step away from it a little bit. Um, I always try to do something different. Like one year, I know it's not like rest, but like one year I trained up in the off season did a half marathon just because it was something different to do. Um, after I took some time off the bike, so you know, look at doing something different. Have you know, do some fun stuff. Um, I would be a big football fan, so like that's the time I got and tailgate and hang out with friends and do that. So. Uh, yeah, do 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 the thing that you haven't been doing or things that you haven't been doing because you've been racing your bike for how many other months? I know, Paul, I'm sure similar thoughts. Yeah, I think I'm. Um, I mean, it's it's also a little more different for the enduro off season just because you're not so focused on achieving one aspect of your training and of your performance, since it's more of overall how good you are to everything comes off season i just kind of do whatever i want and so if i want to go to the gym six days that week and work on something then i'll probably just do that if i don't want to go to the gym some riders hate going to the gym so their off season is them just not going to the gym um i like being in the gym so i'll go to the gym um i love doing super long road rides just fully just hammering the whole way and i can't really do those um any other time of the year so i'll do it then the one thing though is I have to be mindful in the off season of big rides just because they will carry over in terms of fatigue a couple months later. And then we're riding so much for half the year. So enduro, you're racing for six months and then you're training for six months. So I have to be just a little careful about the amount, the volume that I'll, I'll do in the off season. But also stuff, time to just focus and on other things and spend time with family, right? Because you're racing. So I think 
Yeah, so that, that was a few things that I thought of. Um, you do want a significant drop-off in your CTL. Um, you should be looking at your chart, and everyone goes, no, my CTL is 60 now or 50. It's dropping, yeah. You, you want that. You really want it to, fall, you know, to half, probably, um, what, what your peak was. And um, another thing, a lot of pro riders will mention that they do spend time with family. Um, if you have a significant other, that's when you can say, sorry about the other 11 months. Uh, <laughs> time to hang out and, like, yeah. do what do you want to do. Yeah. Right, and, uh, you know, you, you check off their checklist of, of things. And um, the other thing that you kind of mentioned is um, tackling something that you weren't able to tackle in your physique or in your fitness that, um, you know, like some people, you know, you're not supposed to lose weight during the season. But some people, they could really do with losing some weight. So here's a month where you have, you know, no training responsibilities. Um, how, you know, are, are you going to use that time to, to make an influence on, on this goal that you have? Or, you know, other ideas uh, along this lines like core strength. Um, if, you know, you really have trouble uh, working on your core strength during the season or something like that, you can, you know, really focus on it in the off season. That can give you maybe the propeller you need to continue to maintain it throughout the season. Uh, maybe if you have mobility problems um, or flexibility problems that you're, you know, oh, I don't really want to fix my hip mobility during the season um, because I'm too tired. I, you know, I don't feel like stretching. You know, maybe you have this whole month to stretch your hamstrings out that you've been, ne been neglecting. Yeah, and I know, like, as a professional athlete, your tra the whole training season, it's so specific and it's so focused and you do like obviously it's oh, it's broad but when we're in the gym we're doing something super specific on the workouts on the road everything is super specific and there's a reason we're doing it and stuff and the racing is the same where we're talking like a psi difference in tires or in the forks or click one click there and stuff so what i enjoy in the off season is we all like training so i'll just train whatever i feel like doing like, if I want to go to the gym and do just that, I'll just do just that. Like, there's no guidelines. You, there's no, you have to do this to get better at that. It's, do I feel like doing a six-hour ride today? Okay, I feel like doing a six-hour ride today. Do I feel like just sitting on the couch? I'll probably just sit on the couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever whatever rolls. Yeah, I mean, that's huge for the, the mental aspect, right, of staying fresh, is just doing those things that you really enjoy doing. Um, having fun, doing fun bike rides. You know, maybe it's, going out and riding with people that you wouldn't normally ride with during your training cycle. Right. Right. It's like, oh, well, I want to do this uh, high intensity ride, but instead, you know, I, I mean, just as a training ride, like, oh no, hey, look, I'm just going to go and pedal with some friends and it's going to be chill and hang awesome. out. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think picking up those things in the off season, I think the other thing that's gives you an opportunity, right, is you're not focusing your energy on training. So if there is something that, you know, you aspire to do what you would like to do. Um, so like for me, I, I like to do yoga as part of my training ritual. And well, like sometimes it gets dropped. I think it's a nice way to sort of reinstate a habit, whether it's stretching or yoga or doing a meditation practice or whatever it is that you want to do maybe as part of your regular training or see um, as adding value to your regular training. Actually taking the time to really develop that habit because I think that'll give you that momentum to carry it over into your season. Yeah. So my question is, you know, say I'm random listener. Um, should I take an off season? Uh, like, who am I? Uh, I? I think that anybody who's racing at you know consistent season, you know, I I am racing this season. Should be taking an off season. The main argument that like the simple argument is you take the time off so you can go deeper later. 
um, when it's really important to go deep. Um, but say you're more of like a club rider, you like your uh, your weekend uh, group ride smash-ems, and you know you like to finish top five in the sprint or whatever. Should those people be taking an off season, or, or maybe someone even more casual? I mean, I think there's general fitness, right, as a whole category. Like, I think this is the people that we're studying the Mouthwash study, is like trying to do some general fitness. And you look, at some low level of intensity, probably don't get that much value of taking an off season, if you will, or taking time off. It's probably actually negative in that sense. I think independent of who you are, uh, whether you're an elite professional athlete or just, you know, weekend warrior, you probably need to have some concept of uh, uh, periodization, some concept of having uh, building up and rest weeks. Even if, like, you know, for the weekend warrior, it just may happen naturally, right? Like you're out of town for a business trip or this family vacation or, you know, school starts for kids and you don't get on your, your group ride. So it may not just happens naturally from the chaos that is life. Um, you know, as we move up through the ranks and we're more focused on riding, you know, all the way to the falls level where that's what he does, then I think you, you actually have to make that effort to say, look, I'm going to take the time off because I know I'm putting my body through the ringer in these four, five, six, seven months that I'm racing. So I need to take some time off, recuperate, take a mental break and uh, allow myself to build up for bigger and better things next year. Yeah, and I think also something to be mindful of is if you're taking, uh, like say, you're taking two weeks off uh, for your, your racing and just to chill, you don't wanna fill those two weeks with just more work or more stress, right? It's like if you're taking a rest day and during that rest day you build a deck or something. Like you're going to be more tired afterwards and then you're going to have to take another couple race days. So I think ideally you want to take your off season at the same time where work diminishes or there's less stress and it's really an off season for everything in your life and you're where you can just chill for a little bit um, and not fill it with more stress somewhere else. Well, that's funny. I, I remember a couple of years ago, my off season was um, like playing competitive video games and uh, one thing that I fell into was like getting really excited about getting good at that and you know that's sort of my personality anyway is sort of uh, I just want to get really good at things and uh, so my off season turned into like intense training for for video games or whatever and then uh, you know at the end of the month it's like okay get back to your real sport and uh, you know you had to sort of turn that off but it's interesting that um, you know an off season really is about not uh, doing the training every day and that's what you're saying is like um don't pick up a different hobby uh, you know some of us are like a little more busy bodies with our competitiveness or our our um our drive and the, you know you, you almost want to force yourself to um like be a little more sedated than that and not you know pursue the the competitiveness so that you can later right because right, if you're always competitive at some point you at some point you blow up and you're just done and you, you, need, you need that edge for racing. Like you have a certain amount um, and you just can't use it all the time. Or if you do, you're actually just using 90% of it. And you think you're at your max and you, you can only reach your max when you've really figured out what the opposites are. Um, so, yeah, I think taking a chill break once in a while is good. Well, I think you, you see this, right, in some professional athletes that do very well for a while and then all of a sudden, you know, for, for no obvious reason, like, fall off the map. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, is that overtraining? Is that something like they weren't taking the appropriate off-season? Uh, what, what happened there? And so it's like, you, you don't know. It's like, ah, oh, this, this, 
guy or gal seemed very promising. They were doing well in some early races, and all of a sudden, like years will go by and you never hear from them. It just doesn't. It doesn't compute. And sometimes I, I wonder if that has something to do with it. It's just like too much, and then all of a sudden the body just couldn't handle it, and they never got back to that level. Being able to really, push on that edge. Really competitive. Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting is the importance of the physical recuperation on that mental edge. Um, you know, some people, you know, maybe they get mentally burnt out, but how much of that is associated with their muscles not quite, you know, their, their physical body not quite performing as well as they want. They get frustrated, they try and train harder to make up for it, and, you know, you just get this cycle of mental and physical fatigue back and forth that, you know, spirals people out. And part of the goal of the off-season is to really let everything recover part of it is getting um you know getting your diet aligned again getting those micronutrients back in so you know you can uh you know refilling your electrolyte stores all these things so that um you can go full gas later and then also getting the mental reset so then you don't get into this cycle this back and forth cycle of um you know your mind letting your body down your body letting your mind down and you know just uh nose diving as a result yeah and it's pretty funny like the my best whatever like koms for road like up king's mountain not kom but like segments up king's mountain or old la honda stuff like that the best times i've ever had were maybe second ride after a two-week break or a three-week break or a month break for injury and i just got back on and i'm eager right and you want to go out and you push so much harder i'm talking like 30 seconds or 40 seconds quicker than theoretically you shouldn't be able to do that well, that's interesting. So what is it like when you come back from the off season? Because for me, it's like, I'm way too hot on the bike right now. For some reason, I'm like really sweaty. Everything's really hard. Um, you know, it, it's like really tough the first probably week or two. And then uh, something clicks and, and you're like right back in the groove. Is that how you feel? Um, I feel like that's how I feel in the gym. If I haven't been in the gym for a while and I get back, I, I struggle for a little bit, like maybe one or two gym sessions. And then if I hadn't been riding for a while and I get on the road bike, um, for some reason I always feel good. I get out of breath and my heart rate will spike, but I won't feel bad. I'll be stoked to be on the road bike. And then if I get on the mountain bike, I won't recover well between sprints, but I still get, I'll still go 100% on, on downhills and it'll just feel good. So I think it's only in the gym where... I'm not too stoked to be back just because I don't feel good and I know these workouts I should be better at because it's purely focused on training. There's more variables out when you're riding, I think. Yeah, and I think for me, if it's, you know, raining in California, which I know is rare, and I happen to, to be on a trainer doing a session and it's a very, very controlled environment, very objective, and I can look at my power numbers and, you know, how my effort feels, it's like, well, this doesn't, I feel like I'm working a little harder than I ought to for X value, right? But I think I'm, I'm more aligned with Paul. Like, yeah, I took a couple weeks off. I love riding my bike and I ride my bike. So this is this is cool Once I'm, if I'm out there uh, on the trail or on the road. And I'm just happy to be, be on my bike. Yeah, but, you know, and you have to make sure you don't get caught up in numbers when your first couple rides back. Because I'll see that with the high school team. A um, couple of the racers, when they got competitive their sophomore year, and then they didn't have the greatest season or whatever. And then you have to force them to okay, just chill out for a little bit. And then they get back and I, we get texts like, oh, my God, my power is this. And my heart is this. And um, obviously, like well, high school, too, you're getting older. So your, power, your heart rate doesn't go as high up. I was being like, I can't get my heart rate up. Like, what's going on? I won't be able to race. And it's just like, yo, chill. You know, this comes back quick. And then you settle in the groove again. So don't worry about numbers the first couple weeks back.
Because I feel it should be off-season, get back into training for a couple weeks, just relax, non-scheduled training, and then you get back into real training with, with you know, scheduled and specific. And uh, so on the topic of um, what to do with your off-season, I think that uh, it's really common to... So I, I think there's a few different opinions on this. Some people say you should stay active, um, other people, they really want like a solid, you know, say you take a month off season, they want two weeks of like, you need to be a vegetable these two weeks, like a bedridden vegetable. And uh, just like two weeks does amazing things for your muscles if you don't use them in terms of just your body's ability to recuperate it. Also, um, likely that, you know, you're still used to eating like you're doing, you know, 15 hours a week of training. So all that extra calories will, you know, your body will actually utilize them to actually get some growth um, to your muscles. Um, other people are like, well, you know, you maybe you should be cross-country skiing or doing these other um, active outdoor activities. Maybe you go for hikes. Um, so there's a couple different schools of thought in terms of um, how active you want to be. I don't know if you guys have any uh, insight into that. I'm terrible at sitting still personally. So like I, I think I would go crazy if I didn't do something like you know I don't have a dog but you know it's like walk the dog around the block sort of thing like I, I gotta do something I like walk for 20 or 30 minutes on the lunch break because uh, otherwise I'm just gonna just gonna go nuts it'll be like negative mental impact um, so you know like look you can always do light activity I don't think for a otherwise fit athlete that walking 20 or 30 minutes a couple days a week uh, is going to raise your CTL in any meaningful way. No, don't drop it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's active recovery, right? So you know, for me, I think that's like the bare minimum. I got to do something. Uh, I think my body's just so used to exercise. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I function as well. Uh, I still got to go to work and get things done. So I I have to do some some minimum baseline level. Yeah, I think I totally agree with that. Because um, I mean, I've noticed when I'm injured. And you're forced to do nothing because you physically can't. My mental health takes a huge toll. Like I, I don't. I'm not happy. Um, not just happy, but like not stoked on what I'm doing, where I am. And I, you know, you start questioning stuff. So, and I think that just depends on the person. Some people, when they're done with something, they just want to not do anything at all. And others, like Todd or or me or maybe you too, like. You got to put that energy somewhere else. Um, so, and I don't think it has to be exercise, because you, you realistically won't lose that much in two weeks. And if you're fit enough, you'll get it back immediately, almost. So, I think putting your energy in something that's totally different in a way you're not used to it. So, for me, it would be cooking, or then if you want to work on something else, work on a skill, uh, volunteer for two weeks, uh, go help out organizations. I think that all that extra time you had. And using the exact same amount of energy, but into something that's not physical activity, I think is the best way to do it. Because you're still getting the rest, um, but you're just focusing on something totally different. Yeah, I think that's another interesting point is sort of reminding your brain that there's another, like, you know, how do, you know your brain is just so used to, I, I'm sure as a pro, it's, it's a lot like this. Like, you wake up, you have your coffee you go to your training room. Yeah. And um, to almost remind your brain, like, look, here's a two-week block where we're not following that pattern. It almost reminds it that there's more going on. And, um, you, I don't know, it's, it's like taking, you know, you, you do bicep curls and you're just so used to doing bicep curls. And, and then you stop and you're, you know, your bicep can remember that it can just stay there statically. 
um, you know, just reminding it that and then going back to the bicep curls, it, it can be um, a way to, like resting is a way to grow as well. Mm-hmm. Like uh, your brain um, is allowed to break out of that pattern and, and then when you go back to it, it's stronger. Yeah. And I feel like when you think about it, training that much is pretty selfish. Like if even say if you have a job, you know, a full-time job, you go to work and then the free time that you have, you spent on training and then maybe if you have a significant other, um, you spend the little time you have left with that. And then all of a sudden, if you have those extra 15, 20 hours a week, then maybe do something that will impact your community, stuff that's not just self-centered. So I think you can definitely use your off-season to actually do an impact somewhere else. Because I know that's something I'm struggling with ever since I graduated high school. It's like you do this full-time. It's like selfish, you know? It's just, it's just for me and my results, so... It's frustrating to know you're not helping something else. So I think you can definitely feed that in your off-season because you have so much more time. I'm going to advocate for... I have a little hypothesis, a little theory that I I need to test, but I'm going to advocate for uh, donating blood in the off-season because it's not going to affect your performance Mm. negatively. Uh, And, you know, most likely you have uh, very hemoglobin-rich blood. (laughs) Uh, I think blood banks would always be happy to have your your blood. Uh, And you're not going to mind that you're down a, a pint or so. Uh, in the off season, whereas certainly, you know, in the middle of a, a big training cycle, that would certainly impact your performance. Yeah, don't donate blood in the middle. Don't, yeah. <laughs> in case, in case that didn't um, click, you should be selfish with your blood for most of the season. But uh, yeah, there's no reason to not. Uh, yeah, and that that's a bit of also a restart button for your for the rest of your body as well. If you um, take some out, and it stimulates regrowth of um, a lot of stuff that may have been sort of stagnant yeah, and right now you have that extra energy and i'm sure i mean I'm sure someone could say this but i'm sure you would recoup your total blood volume much faster um, than otherwise hmm. that's an interesting uh idea yeah maybe they could have a uh, like usa cycling could send out a giant email to everyone <laughs> donate blood in the off season yeah. <laughs> we'll do a study and see see what yeah. happens like a uh a cyclist-wide um, off-season blood donations get a big influx of every rider. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting, though. So before um, my family and I got the American nationality, because we're originally from France, I was born in France, and then we moved to the U.S. when I was a kid, um, we were not allowed to donate blood. There was something, regulations, because we weren't American citizens. and Like when the school had a blood drive, I remember, in high school, before my sister had the passport, she was her and her friend. They were turned away because they weren't American. There was something yeah. about passports. Oh, there's a lot of regulations. I know. Yeah, that's just, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. It's your blood it doesn't change anyway. <laughs> it's like I got a piece of paper now. My blood is different. <laughs> it's American blood now. Okay. Yeah, we can donate it. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, yeah, and then um, let's talk a little bit about what it looks like after the off season. So. Um, you mentioned a little bit about, yeah, a couple weeks you will be less fit. Don't focus on the numbers so much. Um, you know, what, what else is it like to get back onto the bike? Uh, in your experience, I, I guess I can share my own experience afterwards. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I'll take that time to... You just remember why you started doing it in the first place, right? Because we didn't all start being like, oh, I'm going to race, I'm going to do this and this. Um, you start because you kind of enjoyed it, so... I know what I focus on when I get back the first couple of weeks is, okay, what did I do in eighth grade freshman year when I was racing, but I didn't know anything about training. Well, I just went out and rode 
And if if I wanted to hammer up this climb, I would hammer up this climb. You just do something that's just completely completely unscheduled, like absolutely unscheduled. If there's a bike, like for us, if there's a bike park close by and you want to do 20 laps in a day, okay, whatever. Just do whatever you want. And then you got back into rhythm and realistically you'll get pretty fit by just riding however you want. And then once the time come and it's the right time of the year, then you get focused because just you have to. Yeah, I, mean, I think I echo that. I think I, I have some progression from unstructured just riding my bike and there's some structure of, well, it's some shorter rides, some slightly longer rides, and then at some point in there, like, okay, let's, like, back, having backed off from when I wanted to make, think about serious results, like, okay, now this is the point where I'm actually going to, you know, put in that scheduled focus training and work on addressing the limitations and hopefully there's some gym time too um, that it goes along with that yeah i guess um your what your anatom anatomical adaptation period starts around the same time as your training would restart and um i think for me i i always would do heart rate workouts for the first couple weeks as opposed to they, they would be intervals like right away you know first day in we're doing two by 20s but it's just to your um you know, your sweet spot heart rate and uh, your coach pleads with you not to look at your power, but you always do. And you say, oh my gosh, it's, you know, 25% lower than um, what it was a, a month ago. But um, it, it comes back really quickly. And, it, you know, the first couple weeks I would, I would do intervals, but I would do just heart rate intervals. Um, and then it's kind of fun to see it actually bump up every day, like quite quickly. You feel like you're getting better a lot quicker if that's um, what you're interested in rather than the raw numbers it, it can be pretty fun but um, right away first two three weeks you're doing heart rate training all the same stuff maybe some sprinting um, to remember how to handle the bike um, you definitely want to be doing like some descending um, so you get the feel of the bike under you again sometimes the first time you get back on if you truly take like a whole month without riding your bike the bike almost feels weird almost unnatural underneath of you yeah and uh you know, it starts to come back, but also I think it, it comes back stronger, like your descending skills, you, you come back and you can, you feel like you can really smash the corners, uh, for some reason, just taking the break and almost relearning how to ride again allows you to go harder uh, with some of the more technical stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like you let go of your bad habits, right? You're, if you're doing it every day and you're descending and you have some bad habit, I don't know, you got on your front brake too much or whatever it is, like you just had a month off where you weren't doing that and then you can think about it again, be mindful of it and you can sort of start to shake that habit and set, and set a new foundation. That's, that's at least how I feel about it. It's, like it's, a, it's this opportunity to sort of forget the bad things you were doing and, and relearn good habits. Um, so yeah, anything else about the off season? Um, I think that it's definitely a good idea. Um, it seems like mentally more of a good idea more than physically even. Um, giving yourself the opportunity to slow down in order to go harder later. And uh, a lot of people, they have this sense of urgency where, you know, I only have X amount of time in order to become, you know, this good or, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a master's writer in two years, so I have to you know, be this certain level, and um, everyone thinks that means train more. There's a lot of um, cyclists, and especially triathletes, really have this sort of, well, more hours equals more fitness, mm -hmm. and um, this is sort of 
uh, a plea that you should take this month off and um, realize that you know the, these hours you, you would have put in this month weren't going to make you faster next February, next March, next April. Uh, what's going to make you stronger is the ability to consistently train for you know four or five months before your event. And um, it's, it's a lot easier to do that if you have a month of, of relaxing. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think the, the mental break is, is huge there. And I mean, I just think about, okay, I want to prepare for this key event, whether it's nationals or World Cup or whatever it is, your, the local race that you get excited about every year. What do you do the week for that race? You taper, right? Or the you know, for the race, you taper, you take time off and you take it easy. And the plan or the hope is that by tapering, you actually, your body super compensates and you have a better performance. And to me, this is really like a, an extended form of tapering, right? You're taking this time off, your body's doing this super compensation, recovering from the, the load of the training that you did. And then the hope is if you, you optimize this and you do it correctly, that you know, it lets you then build up um, even higher for that next season. So you're even stronger than you were before. And I think that's another good point that you mentioned is about your season goals. Um, a lot of people in the off season, they start to really get excited about what they're looking forward to during the season, um, whatever, whatever that key event is or the key part of the season. And um, it's a good opportunity to outline what you really want out of the season. You can take a step back. Um, when, when you're in the season and you have a race every weekend, you, know, you have to focus on that weekend. You have to do all the prep the week before. But... Uh, when you have the off-season, you can really take a long-term view on what you really want out of it. And um, so, yeah, the off-season is a great time to set goals. Um, do, Paul, do you have any – Is do you take the off-season to set season goals? Do you have, like, an annual training plan that is you – know, is this done during off-season? Yeah, it's done um, before we start training again. Like, at that so same time, you do all your off-season tests to know – not to know how much weaker or how much stronger you are from last year, like that doesn't matter. It's just where are we starting from and what are our base numbers for this year? And it doesn't matter how different they are. from. Like it's interesting to compare from year to year, but it's mostly about okay, where are we from here? And at around that same time, usually for for us it's in October, November, um, like end of October, beginning of November. And that's when also you set your goals, like which races am I gonna do? Like what do I wanna work on? Um, and uh, also, you don't want to share your, your goals. That's something I learned this year is your goal should only be for you. And that way, you're the only one that's accountable for them. Like, for example, if I tell you guys, okay, this is my goal for the offseason, I'm pretty much telling you, I need you to help me make that goal like make that goal a reality and I need your help to keep me in check but really if you have a goal keep it to yourself that way if you don't make it you have no one else to blame because you told no one so I think it's a good moment that you know reality checks what do I want to do and also look back on your season you got to look at the good stuff where was I really good and you got to look at the bad where was I pretty bad where's my biggest weakness and where am I pretty okay at because realistically if you work you keep working a little bit on your on your strength because it feels good during the season, during the off season of actual training. But you gotta also know, okay, where do I need to to actually put my my time and effort in to get better? So I think off season is a good time to mentally focus on something else and do a season check in. How was my season? Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that um, you know during the season, you, you say you have a hilly race and you get stomped on and. 
you know, your mind goes straight to, oh, I'm such a bad climber. Um, you, you do all this negative self-talk, you know, after these hard races. And in the off-season, you can step away from it and say, I should improve my, my climbing, mm -hmm. which is, you, it's similar feelings, but the way that you look at it is so different of, um, I should do this, I, you know, I should get better at this is so different than, man, I really stink at you know, this thing. And um, it's the off season that allows you to have that, um, you know, like you're look you're looking from a distance on on you know your past and your future, and it gives you extra clarity. Yeah, and you definitely want to spend time looking at okay, how did I react in all those moments when I got challenged? Um, because if you're in the middle of a race telling yourself, "Well, I'm a bad climber," or you crashed in a corner, you know, for endurum, or you crashed in a corner, or you broke something, or you weren't prepared for a race, and then you get annoyed or, or whatever. Then it's like, okay, how did I react? And I need to work on being more stable for next year. Like, whatever happens is what happens. And it's, you can't, if it happens, it's done. Think about whatever you're doing in front of you. Um, so I think you can take the off season to really see where you are most weak in terms of your mental focus. And then just analyze it. But don't be like, you can't criticize yourself too badly. You have to be like, okay, this is where I'm bad at, but don't beat yourself up for it. Off season is a good time to do some more soul searching, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot about the perspective, right? It's one thing to say, like, yeah, I'm terrible at this. And then it's, a, it's another thing to reflect on and say, okay, well, I could be better at this and outline for yourself a plan or ask somebody, right, who's an expert in that area. Like, what's, how do I improve my skills with X, right? Mm -hmm. how, do I, how do I get better mental game? How do I become better at descending? How do I improve my climbing? Whatever it is that you need to work on. Um, and, and it's like, it's that, that spin, I think, like that growth mindset, right? Of well, I know if I keep working at this, uh, I put in the effort, I will actually improve at this skill. It's just a function of a little bit of belief, right? A little bit of positive attitude, and and me putting in the work uh, in my training and my preparation to get better at this particular skill. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, the thing we're gonna end off with is uh, will you guys plan to do with your off season coming up um well i'm a little bit injured right now so i've um shifted my focus a little bit on running so um probably not exactly what you want to do in a perfect off season because realistically you know when i get back on my bike i'll show for another two weeks and hang out with some friends um but i'm shifting my goal to get under the five minutes for a mile and uh that'll be my next off season goal and then, so yeah, just focus on running. <laughs> okay, so what's your mile time right now? So the best I've ever done was a 5.10 a couple years ago. And I tried it for the first time two days ago with a 5.27 with bat pacing. So I think I could definitely get it under. If I work on my technique and I work on my pacing the first two laps, I could probably get it under five. All right, that seems, that seems reasonable. That's, yeah. <laughs> I think my, like, my best ever in high school is 5.04. So I think you'll, you'll have me beat. Oh, okay, I got that. That'll be my sub-goal. Yeah. <laughs> beat so, um, for, for high school soccer, we you had to have a six-minute mile to be on varsity. So, naturally, I ran uh, three years in a row, ran a 559. Because uh, <laughs> that's the type of athlete that I was. Um, so, yeah, that, I think maybe I did a 557 one time. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> and was that because you had to get the job done? And you, you just, that's as hard as you wanted to run, or is that was like, 
I gotta get six minutes to be on varsity, so well, I'm, gonna, it, yeah. I'm gonna ring five three nine out of my body because that's well, what I can yeah. Do. So like, uh, isn't it the same thing as um, the hardest you could go and what was needed, right? So sure, it's the like the yeah. way that your your mind works when you know, right? Like I'm I'm a soccer player, I'm not a, a runner, but when this requirement is set, you know, your brain says, how how do we do this thing and um, your brain also says, why would I do more than this thing? So sure. Yeah. You, you, know. you were, you were consciously pacing yourself or subconsciously perhaps pacing yourself to exactly under six minutes from, from the time that gun went off until yeah. or the watch started or whatever. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't only me finishing. <laughs> it was a, a nice pace line of runners yeah. making it more efficient. So there were a couple of kids who were, um, like track kids. So they were like, you know, I'm just going to show all of you. And, you know, they did their, their actual proper times. But, you know, there were a lot of us who were like, why are we doing this? You know, I play, you know, center defense. I don't do six-minute miles. And, you know, we all sort of forced ourselves to, to hit the number. So. <laughs> That's funny. That's good, though. Yeah. So, yeah, Todd, tell off, us about your off-season. Off-season? Uh, I have some travel coming up. I uh, spent some time with family. Uh, so, do, to, so do that. Uh, take a, a little bit of time off biking as much. And, uh, you know, like I said, find, find some other physical outlet. Uh, been thinking I'd try to do a little bit more yoga in the next few weeks here. Uh, just give myself a little bit something different to do and, and work on some mobility deficits I have. So that's my plan. And then once that wraps up, get back on the bike and, and have some fun. Yeah, and for me, I'm, uh, I've been rock climbing a bit more, and I'd like to continue to explore that, especially um, without any riding, uh, and just focusing on uh, learning about the sport and taking my mind away from cycling a bit. And I'd like to actually open my right hip up. I have some uh, mobility issues between all the hip flexors and um, groin and stuff, and so having some time off from using it every day gives you a chance to lean into that hip flexor stretch a bit more and uh, hopefully loosen them up for the next season. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's our conversation about the off season. Uh, if you liked it, you can uh, share with your friends or, you know, give us a review, give us um, a rating. Uh, we're hopefully trying to get this out to more people. And um, as Todd always says, well, of course, until next time, thanks for listening and keep the riverside down.